Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to all of our campuses, all of you watching online, all of us here at Frisco East. How many feeling good today? Yeah, we're worship. Man, love it. Across all of our campuses. We're glad you're with us. Uh, I'm going to uh, tackle just a few things. Um, I know it was mentioned in the loop, uh, the video that you just saw, but uh, man, I'm so excited. Prosper Campus. I just met with the contractors this Thursday, and hopefully in the next month we're going to break ground on the Prosper Campus. And and you know our, our, our whole heart is to build this within in the next couple of years or so debt-free. So uh, next weekend, our first quarter goal, we're $100,000 away from it, and, and I know that sounds like a lot of uh, money, and it is, but with all of us working together, man, we can do it. Hopefellowship.net slash give, or you can text HOPE to 84321 <clears throat> at any time. You don't have to wait till next weekend at any time, and hopefully by the end of this month, we're going to reach our goal, and then, uh, and this is kind of how we're doing it. We're just kind of, some of you pledged, some of you pledge and give, and some of you just give. Okay, if you want to pledge, great. If you want to just give, but all of us working together, I'm hoping to um, get our goal accomplished in not only building a great campus, so shout out to Prosper Campus, Pastor Mike and your team, love you guys, uh, but uh, we want to build it debt-free. So uh, join us and be, be a part of that. Now let's, let's talk about Ukraine just for a minute and what's going on over there. I know as the days go by, um, it, it gets further and further away from us, if you know what I mean. But this crisis is real. And as we pray for Russia, as we pray for the leaders of Russia, as we pray for Ukraine and the leaders of Ukraine and the people of Ukraine and, and the people of Russia, and, and, the, and that whole area, Poland and the Eastern Bloc is filled with millions of people or so um, that have fled for safety out of the Ukraine. And so uh, one of our partners is Convoy of Hope, and if you would like to join us as a church uh, and give, you can. Convoyofhope.org, you can give 100 bucks, you can give 10 bucks, a dollar, whatever you want to give to help. And also, at the end of this month, we are doing Meals of Hope, used to be called Numana, that was the ministry that we partnered with, but now uh, it's called Meals of Hope, and we're partnering with a different ministry, but we're hoping to package hundreds of thousands of meals that will go to Ukraine. If it can't go to Ukraine, in the surrounding areas where it's needed with the refugees and so forth. So um, it's, it's a mess over there right now, so I can't promise it's all going to go there. But anyway, that's we're, 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 doing, we're trying to do our part to pray first, but then give to help those that are in need. And uh, man, I hope you'll join me in prayer. Uh, three weeks ago, we started a series called Live No Lies. And many of us were raised <clears throat> with hearing things over that were spoken over our lives that weren't true. Maybe it was from a parent, a, a pastor. Maybe it was from a coach, a teacher, a friend, a brother, a sister that spoke things that were not true, but we have lived or we have carried that all of our lives. You'll never be good enough. You'll never be as good as your brother. You'll never be as good as your sister. You're not pretty enough. You're not thin enough. You're not tall enough. You're not sports-minded uh, uh, enough. You're not academic enough. You're not smart enough. You know, all of those things that we have taken into our lives, and 
whether we knew it or not, that lie was not just from our parents or not just from somebody who told us. It came from somewhere. Jesus describes our enemy this way in John chapter 8. Jesus told them, if God were your father, talking to the religious leaders, if God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. I am not here on my own, but he sent me. Why, why can't you understand the, what, I'm, what I'm saying? It's, it's because you can't even hear me. For you are the children of your father, the devil. They love that line, right? And you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. King James says he's the father of all lies. See, if you just try to tackle the lies spoken over you in the natural, in other words, it came from my mom or dad or whoever, and those things are true, but you got to understand the source of those lies. That those lies didn't just come from mom or dad or from a natural place. They came from the father of all lies. And until you understand that and understand that you can get mad and, and you know, go to years of counseling over what your mom and dad said, and, and rightfully so, we're for that, you know that. But if you don't understand the spiritual ramifications going on, you're going to go round and round the mountain until you deal with the source of the lies and where they come from. Genesis chapter 3, let me just rehearse this story. I know many of you know it. The serpent was the representative of the enemy, the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? See, that's how he starts. He twists God's word. Of course we may eat from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Here's the lie. You won't die. You won't die. Now, God said, if you eat of this tree, you will die. He didn't explain it. He didn't go into depth of how you will die or when you will die. He says, you eat of this tree, you're going to die. There's going to be a spiritual death, a relational disconnect, and there is going to be a physical death. Now, we know that looking back, but the enemy out and out lies and says, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman, God knows that your eyes will be opened, and as soon as you eat it, you will be like him, like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked good, delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her knucklehead husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, listen to this, at that moment their eyes were open and there, there began the shame. Their eyes were open, not to be like God, their eyes were opened at their, their, the depth of their sin and their shame. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, the, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life, or life to the full, or life more abundant. From the, from, from the very beginning, the enemy has twisted God's word, has deceived and lied to us about everything. There is nothing that comes from his mouth that is true. It, it is consistent with his character, and he is the father of all lies. So, so when you understand that, that it's not just your, your parents or, or a coach or a youth, a youth pastor or a pastor that said stuff to you that wasn't true, that spoke over your life, and you have lived and you have carried that weight 
that you'll never be enough. You have a, an orphan spirit, so to speak, in, in which you carry with you. I'll never be enough. I'll never be spiritual enough. I'll never be godly enough. I'll ne- I, I, I've tried this, and I just can't do it. And you look in the mirror, and you look back, and, it, and it just, it just, you just hear the, the recorder playing over and over. You're not enough. You'll never be enough. You're never going to amount to anything. You're not pretty. You're flawed. You're not wanted. The lies that you and I have heard and some of us have believed, many of us have believed. Let me give you three thoughts about this struggle before I go into something else. Number one, if we listen to the enemy's lies, those lies are going to gain power over us. And those lies are going to control how we live. So we're going to do things, we're not enough, so we're going to prove to the world that we're enough, and we're going to, we're going to do things to prove. We're going to accomplish things, we're going to be successful, we're going to make money, we're going to do all these things because we want to be enough, and we're going to prove our parents, we're going to prove our coach, we're going to prove somebody wrong. And those lies gain control over us. The second is this, if we understand the character of God through his word, and you'll never understand the character of God, and you'll never understand the truth of God unless you get into his word, we will hear his truth about us. See, when you get into his word and you understand that what what God says about us is very different than what the enemy says about us. When God looks at us, he says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But when the enemy looks at us or talks to us, he says, hey, you're guilty. You're not good enough. You failed again. Look at you. The third is if we will embrace God's truth, we will walk in the life, the abundant life, the life to the full that Jesus came to bring us. See, if we'll we'll just overshadow the the lies of the enemy with God's word, because the lies aren't going to go away. The lies are not just going to go magically disappear because you accepted Jesus as your Savior, because you got baptized, or because you, you know, became a member of a church. Those lies are still going to continue. You're still going to replay those things over and over in your mind. But when you can overshadow those lies with God's truth and embrace that truth, you begin to live in the life that is the life he planned. The purpose of Jesus is to give life and life to the full. Well, last October... I was asked to speak at my dear friend. He's one of my best friends in the world, Rick Gannon. He comes here and speaks often. He pastors Palm Valley Church in Mission, Texas, where I'm from, the Rio Grande Valley. Uh, this is a church of thousands, five or six, 7,000 people, and, and uh, he's one of the best leaders I know. Uh, we text on a weekly basis, pretty much, and he comes here and speaks. But it was my turn to go there last October, and it's the first weekend of October, and um, Filling in for me was Terry Kelly, our worship and production pastor. So a lot of what you see uh, across all of our campuses when it, as it relates to worship, as it relates to production, some of the things behind the scenes, some of those things, Terry is over all of that for our church uh, and all of the campuses. So uh, he was filling in for me that day, and it was his first time to speak, and Saturday night was incredible. I watched the whole thing, and I was like, man, this is awesome. Went to church the next day to preach it. Palm Valley, and uh, first service was even better than Saturday. And then second service, a few minutes into the message, there was a, a swell of anxiety that came over him, and, and many of you were in that service, or remember that, and, and it was like a blank 
page in front of him. It was like as if there was nothing in his brain to move forward and tried to push through it. And Robert came and finished the message, and it was one of those weird things. Now, if you don't know Terry Kelly, Terry Kelly has traveled for 30 years, speaking, leading worship at all across this nation. I've known him for 25 of those years. We've done camps together. He's been at Hope in the early days of Hope, and just incredible friend, and, and him partnering with us now and being here for four or five years now, it's been unbelievable. I just love it. I love Terry, and everything he brings to the table is excellence, right? And so this happening to him was just like, wow, it, it never happened before. So last weekend, we're in this series, Live No Lies, and we all thought, hey, let's, Terry, let's, let's, let's do it again, man. You're, you're going you're gonna to do great. And Saturday night went great. I watched it. I watched most of it. And it was, I was like, okay, this is good. First service, few minutes in, wall of anxiety. It just a swell of anxiety. Same thing, went blank and just could not, tried to push through, could not go through. So, uh, you know, as a leader, I was at the, the West Campus visiting first service, and uh, on my way in the truck to, uh, at, right before he spoke, I left the, the West Campus to, to drive over to the McKinney Campus to, to see the, them and, and visit over there, and I get a call on my way to McKinney from Terry Kelly. The, my phone came up, Terry Kelly, I go, uh-oh. And he said, man, I don't know what happened same thing. And so, you know, my, my thoughts are like, oh my God. My first thought was like, dude, I'm so sorry. You know, if you've ever struggled with anxiety, can I just see your hands if you've ever struggled with anxiety of any kind whatsoever? Can I see your hands? So, so that's most of our church. Yeah, it's been the same in every single service. 80% of the room, yeah, I've struggled with some kind of thing or whatever. That was my first thought. My second thought is, okay, I hope the service goes well because I'm in my truck and I'm not there to fix it, right, or whatever. Well, Monday morning, every Monday morning at 9.30, I meet with Terry. We talk, we talk about, you know, what's going on the, the next weekend or the, or the next month or whatever, and it was time for our meeting that morning. And I was expecting a different meeting. But I want to uh, share with you what Terry shared with me. And in fact, I want to bring Terry up to walk us through, not what happened, we really can't explain what happened, we really don't know, he's going to get some, some tests done or medical stuff done and whatever, and it could be the enemy, right? the enemy does that as well, but um, I want us to walk us through my Monday morning, morning meeting with Terry. Terry, would you come out, I don't know where he's at, there he is, um, come out, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, I'd like, I'd like to interrupt by saying, like, the last service was a standing ovation. It was. So yeah, it was. I'm starting off, we're starting off bad here, but we're going to... 11.15 has always been just. lame. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, sort of. Um, Terry, I'm, I don't want to talk a lot. I want you to okay. talk, but uh, Monday morning you came into my office, and, and I'll be honest with you, man, I was expecting, you know, a, a different meeting. I was expecting, you know, gosh, devastation yeah. and so forth. And, and that was, those were true emotions you sure, were feeling. Sure. Walk me through Saturday, uh, Sunday night, what, what you woke up with, and yeah. then Monday morning. So, you know, every time I come into John's office, 
I've known him so long, it's always a smile or a smirk, you know, or he's messing around at the beginning. And then um, I, just, I just came in and I was like, man, I'm just baffled. Like, you know, like he said, it's been on a lot of stages with a lot of, you know, in front of a lot of people. It's not a problem for me and, until recently and, and these last two times and, and really not sure what it was. But the next thing was I was explaining how many people had reached out to me. And when they saw that happen to me, they were like, that's me. That happens to me in some form or another. They identified. <coughs> Excuse me. And then I, you know, I, I had woken up in the middle of the night Sunday and I, I just felt like, man, this is the perfect, like almost breakout session for our series yeah. because I'm going to be struggling with some lies probably. Just like any kind of disappointment, there would be some lies. And I, I knew there would be three lies. And before I say those, if you were in this, if you saw the service, at the end of the message, what I talk about is how do we get in touch with God? How do we abide with God? And it, it's through the spiritual practices of things like prayer, Bible, fasting. But what we did is we went through the idea of stillness. Yeah. There's something about being still and then being present to the presence of God, which is everywhere. And then allowing ourselves to say a quick line that Jesus prayed, which is your kingdom come, your will be done. And there's just something about in that moment being present to his presence saying, your plan, your way. Yeah. You know, that just sets us up to say whatever you want, God. And I think just in, in, in the, these, these lies that come into our head, they begin to, they, they sometimes come to mess us up. Maybe like what happened. Or when something happens, some disappointment in our lives, something goes wrong. Then the enemy begins to lie because he doesn't want us just to fall. He wants to crush us. Yeah. And so uh, the and first. by the way, yeah. you came in. This was all your idea. <laughs> so I didn't make him come yeah. up here and do damage yeah. control. Right. He, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He said. It was a small fine and a punishment, but that's not. <laughs> this is something else. <laughs> <clears throat> um. I just think that's important that yeah. this comes from sure. your heart. The yeah. easier thing would have been to say, hey, let's just skip it. Maybe not a lot of people heard or saw. <laughs> um, Maybe we didn't broadcast it to all the campuses <laughs> and online. <laughs> Maybe not. Whatever. Never know. There could have been a glitch. I would have been excited. Yeah. So walk me through some of the lies sure. that you came up with. Sure. The first one was this, and it was immediate, was failure is final. Mm. You know, this idea that when we have something go wrong, something, man, I can't even, I mean, I can't tell you what it's like to, to walk off and go, what, what, what happened there? Uh, and the thing, the next thought is, now what? What does that mean? And that's when the enemy goes, well, I have some imaginative ideas that he gets to throw in. And, and so the idea he wants us to think is failure is final. Like we don't have an option. There's not another way. We're just done. And I think it's important to note here, that it's not just anxiety or something like that that happens. We don't even know. It could be a medical thing totally and be fixed easily. But um, I think there's some of us that in, the, in, the, in this life, failure is final, that maybe it's a sin thing that you decided to do something that was contrary to God's word, contrary to your own conscience and your own you know, way that you want to live, but you failed. And you live with that failure to this day, to this day, in every worship service, in yeah. every spiritual meeting that you have, you are reminded like a bullhorn in your ear, you failed. And your failure is final. 
And I just think it's important to, yeah. to in your case, you know, as, you're, as you and I have talked many, many times yeah. about your voice and, and about God maybe using you musically and, and in worship and leading our whole church, but also in communication. Yeah. And what would that look like? And then the right. enemy or, right. or, or some kind of thing comes at you. And it's just like, the, I, I can only imagine what that felt like. But that failure is final. And not that you right. failed because you didn't ask for that. Nope. But I think it's important for all of us that yep. sometimes we walk in a failure and we hear that thing in our ear. Oh, yeah. And, sure. and we think it's final. And, I, you know, my, I have such a great love for theology, for what, you know, yep. wrestling with those ideas of not just who God is, but what does it mean for us? Yep. You know, that it isn't all miracles. Sometimes it's grit and determination, and it's all mixed together in, in what it means to follow Jesus. And so I love it so much. So there's a devastation when something like that happens. Like, do I not get to think and speak about that in the way that I want right. to? Right. But to go back to what you said, John, about um, failures in the area of, like, sin. I think there's so many of us, and have felt this way in every service at all the campuses, that, that so many of us come here, we'll come here to the service, and we'll come to worship and we're kind of got, we're running like a low-grade temperature of shame. Mm. And we've always got this kind of thing. We've done this thing that we think God kind of forgives, but he kind of is mad at us. He sort of, you know, he has to because Jesus did all that dying on the cross. <laughs> he has to forgive us. But we think he's still holding a grudge. And here's yeah. the thing is God either forgives or he doesn't. Right. He forgives us fully. So there's something that you need to know that if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just Absolutely. to not forgive them halfway, but to forgive them Absolutely. full way. Failure is final is a lie. Yep. Second lie. Uh, this was a big one, and this this is was where I was overwhelmed. Like when I was when I was done with the <laughs> the short message, when I was done with the short message on the first service, you know, people were, pulled me over and said, "That's me," and and people would text me and say. I thought I was by myself, and I didn't think I, had, I could do anything with my life. I thought I was all alone. And seeing you, like, thank you for your struggle in public. Uh, you know, <laughs> like, that helped me realize that me alone in my isolation isn't the way to go about it. Mm. And I couldn't tell you how many people really saw that. They said, man, you preached a message you didn't want to preach. And I did not want to preach that message <laughs> at all. Right. I had no notes for it. <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm glad what God wants to do, his purpose, his way. And so, you know, the thing about being alone is, is uh, I, I can tell you how there are, there are, there's a worship leader that I love and there's a, a theologian that I love and both of them struggle with higher levels of anxiety than anything. I was struggling with that day. Um, and it's amazing comfort to know that somebody that is doing something maybe you admire or something you can't believe they do is actually human. It's just powerful to know that somebody's human. I think a lot of us struggle with that, that I'm alone in this. Yeah. And, and, and that breeds isolation where in, in we, we confess our sin. And I'm not saying this is sin, but we confess right. our sins. He is faithful just to forgive us. But when we confess our sins one to another, that brings healing. Yeah. But one of the things we don't move to is, we, is that healing. We move to isolation because we think that we're the only ones who failed we're the only ones who struggle with this. Right. My marriage, my finances, my whole life, it just seems like a broken thing. I and mean, everywhere I turn, I make a bad decision. Every marriage, everything, whatever. It's like, wow, I'm the only one. And I just, I'm such a loser. Yeah. It's a lie. Right. It's a lie. Third lie. So the third lie is God's done with you. And now you've, you're done. Like, 
In my message last weekend, one of the things that I said was that the enemy will settle for a diminished version of you, of your life. Mm. And it's really true because if he can get you to a diminished version of who you are, if he can get you to believe that you're half the person you could have been, that you are not the person you were supposed to be, that you're going to be a halfway version of that, then he knows that the impact that you're going to make, the people that you're going to reach, the people you're going to touch is going to be half as much. And the body of Christ is less for it because of it. Absolutely. And, and I, I think that as parents, how many have ever said this to your kids? I am fed up, right? How many just looked at them just yeah. like, I'm done with you? <laughs> fed up. And, and, and some of us get that from God. We feel like, man, he's done with me. And we know theologically he's not, but we feel that in our emotions because we just feel the lies, yeah. the lies that we're hearing, the lies that have been spoken over, the, the, the failure in our lives in some form or fashion. And, and we really know better, most of us, but we still live in it. We still live in that. That was spoken over our family. Right. That was spoken over my parents. That was spoken over me. And God's done. He, he's never going to He's never going to do anything with my, I'm just a wreck and I'm a mess. And I, what I love about the, the Lord, he never leaves that out of his word as far as the mistakes of the men and women in the Bible. You know, if I were God, I might leave some of those things out. David's adultery, I might leave that out. That was, you know, many thousands of years ago. They don't need to know that. <laughs> but he, he puts that in. The Moses' struggle, Abraham's struggle, Solomon's struggle, Peter's struggle. Paul, he puts that in there because God is not done. He's never done. Now, I think it's important to note that it's one thing to hear these lies and identify them. Yeah. But it's another thing to understand how to combat them. Right. Failure is final. I'm the only one. God is done with me. Walk me through failure is final. What scripture yeah. could we... Could we meditate on? Uh, yeah, and I, I have one right here. But before I do, it's, you know, one of the things that the misnomer is, it's just really easy. Just there's a lie. You just put this one on top of it and this one goes away. Has anybody experienced that? <laughs> I don't. I expect to put the truth on the lie goes, here's another one and here's an extra one. Yeah. And then you go, okay, and then here's three more. And, and you just have to fight the battle. Yeah. But the truth is stronger, greater is he that is in me, the spirit that lives in us, than he that is in the world. And so my wife, I, she's, my, she's a hero for me because she's always like, you have to replace the truth with a lie. And, you know, I don't know if, if your spouse, your guys, you're like this. I'm trying to talk to her how bad something is. Like, don't you realize how bad this is? Like, no, no, no. You have to replace the truth with a lie. And that's where we get our power from. So Psalm 40, 2 through 3 says this, and this is amazing. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. You know, I want us to spend 30 seconds, 45 maybe, just quietly right there in your chair. And I want you to think about that it's not you and me who pull ourselves up from our bootstraps. 
And finally, we're going to get things right. And finally, we're going we're to get in victory. Finally, we're going to get in freedom. Guys, it is not you and me pulling ourselves up. God lifts us up out of the despair. God lifts us up out of the mud and the mire. And he sets our feet on a solid rock. And then because of that, he gets the glory. And then people trust in him. I want you to think in your life about all the things that you thought your failure was final, that you just keep hearing you're a mess up, you're a loser, you're family, you're this, you're this. I want you to just spend, close your eyes right now across all of our campuses, 30 seconds, and I want you to meditate on who it is that lifts us up out of our despair. That second lie is a big one. I'm the only one. Terry, would you read First Peter? Yeah, when I was putting this one together, had a verse or two, and then I just kept expanding because it was just so powerful. So this one's a little bit longer. First Peter 5, 6 through 9. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and your cares to God, for He cares about you. Mm. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world, now listen to this, is going through the same kind of suffering you are. It's incredible. Just let that that scripture, knowing that you can cast, we can cast our care on him because he cares for us. He's not, he's he's fully aware of what's going on in our lives and and we're not alone. We're never alone in that, by the way. I want you to just spend 30 seconds again, just meditating and, and maybe under your breath, thanking him that he cares for you, casting some of your anxiety and know that you are not alone. Spend 30 seconds meditating on that. That last lie, God's done with us. Um, some of us have heard that. <laughs> we, have, we have heard that lie in our ear. Read Philippians 1. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. He is always at work in your failure, in your anxiety, in your family, in your marriage, in your finances, in your job, and in, 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 you know, trying to make everything work. Guys, I just want to encourage you that God is the one that always at work, not just in our salvation, but he's always at work working that salvation out. 
And, and when we fail and when we fall, he's not fed up. He's not saying, golly, again. He's just saying, hey, come to me, all your weary and heavy burden, and I'll give you rest. I don't think there's any better way for us to, to reflect on God's truth, again, over the lies of the enemy. And you've got to con- consistently cover those lies, because those lies aren't going away, and you're going to hear them again. Cover those lies with God's truth. And I don't think there's any better way for us to, to meditate on that and reflect on that than, than to sing a song. And Terry's going to lead us here, and, and our bands are going to lead us at all the campuses, but we're going to sing a song today. And in, in the words of this song, so relevant to what we're talking about, that, that instead of, of believing the lies of the enemy that we've heard perhaps all of our lives, we're going to instead let the truth of God, let the truth of His Word cover those lies. And some of you need to be set free today. Some of you need to be set free of the bondage that you've been in and the lies that you've listened to and and they become a part of your life because it's all you've ever heard. And and you've you've just dealt with it. You've just carried it like a backpack of weight. And I'm gonna tell you, God wants to set you free today from some of those things in your life. And and we're gonna sing across all of our campuses. I want you to stand. And, And I want, listen, I know some of you aren't singers, right? And you don't even like the song stuff. You're just like, man, let's get to the word. Well, let me tell you something. You're going to be bored out of your mind in heaven. So you need to grow up and get used to it. And you know, I'm being serious. I want you to sing, even if you're not a singer, I just want you to sing this out in faith because we're going to let our faith rise and we're going to let the, the, the lies diminish. We're going to let God's truth rise, and we're going to let the things that we have listened to all of our lives be diminished. And by doing so, as we sing this song in faith, and not some emotional thing, but in faith, saying, I'm going to raise a hallelujah in the middle of my mess, in the middle of the mystery, in the middle of whatever's going on in my life, I'm going to raise that hallelujah, and we're going to see God do what only God can do in the middle of our mess, in anxiety, our fear, our failure. Because your failure is not final, and you're not the only one, and he's not done with you. So, Lord, we pray that in the the spirit of faith, that we would sing a song that even though we don't feel it, even though we're in a mess right now, we feel anxious, we feel fearful, we we feel depressed, discouraged, God, we're going to lift up our song anyway. And we're going to raise a hallelujah, not because it's the, the emotional thing to do or it's going to, some magic thing's going to happen, but supernaturally as we sing and raise faith and rise in faith, those lies are going to go away. And, and that's today. And then as we wake up Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, we're going to, we're going to overlay the lies of the enemy with the truth of God's word. And Lord, today we sing our song of praise with a willing heart. We sing a song of praise with a faithful heart and a, and, a, and a hopeful heart that you are not done with us, that we are not alone. And our failure, even in our failure, you are going to work in our lives. In the name that is above every name we pray, Jesus, everybody said, let's sing together. 
Thanks for listening to Hope's weekend message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.